In the name of Jesus. Through your word of God. Perform your plans. And your thoughts for our lives. Let us not miss your plans for us this year. Through your word of God. Cause us to encounter rest in this year 2018. In the name of Jesus. Speak to every heart this morning. We are ready for you. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for answered prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell you something. God is going to give you a testimony this year. This year, by the grace of God, is our year of Christ-like living. And Daddy made us understand that it's through a Christ-like living that we can encounter rest in our lives. The pressures of life and the worries and it's too much. Hallelujah. So how many of us want to encounter God's rest in this year? Hallelujah. Listen, it's the heartbeat of God to give us rest. It is his desire for us to encounter heaven on earth. One of the things that he said to us this year is that we're going to encounter the best of God. And frankly, I have registered that word in my mind that I'm going to encounter the best of God in 2018. Listen, you need to let your mind be convinced and understand that this year you're encountering the best of God. Hallelujah. Matthew 11:28 to 29. Our uncle's scripture for this year. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This morning, I'm teaching on a message entitled, Hindrances to Christ-like Living. Let me just take your mind back a little bit to something, or to remind you of something. When God took the Israelites from bondage in Egypt to their promised land, it was his hard desire that all of them enter Canaan. Canaan is described as a land flowing with milk and honey. It had every provision that anyone would ever need. The Israelites were going to a land that is already fertile. It had everything, every provision in the land. They were not going to struggle for anything because everything was already provided. It was a, a heaven on earth land. But tell you what, rest is not only a land, but rest is a place of enjoyment in Christ. Hallelujah. God is going to give us that taste of rest in this year in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But tell you something. When all the Israelites left Egypt, it was not everyone that entered Canaan. God caused them to take everything that concerns them out of Egypt. All of them, according to God's big thoughts, all of them were supposed to enter his rest. But there was an enemy who was targeted at causing them not to enter that place of rest. Hallelujah. There's an enemy who does not want them to enter that place of enjoyment. He wanted them to continue to be in bondage. Hallelujah. So he affected them and twisted them and he caused them not to enter Canaan. But this year I see you entering your place of rest in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 there about it. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Listen to this. Many of our struggles in life is as a result of the lifestyle that we live. Many of all our challenges in life is as a result of the lifestyle that we live. 
when God talks about rest, what is rest? It is a struggle-free life. Daddy said that Jesus Christ did not struggle for anything. Things just came to him. He didn't struggle for money. He didn't struggle for anything. So in the same way he didn't struggle for anything, we will not struggle for anything. Hallelujah. Listen, God wants to divinely provide all our needs according to his riches. So when God talks about rest, he's talking about abundance of provision. You will not struggle for things. Hallelujah. It says, rest is also a life of progress where you see your life taking shape, moving from one level to the other. Things just work for you. You see your life progressing. Tell you what, this year, if you obey the voice of the Lord and do what God is telling us through his man's sermon, listen, you will see your life and you'll be shocked at your own life. He says, come to me, all who are tired, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Rest is also where you enjoy good health and you enjoy prosperity. Rest is also a life where you feel relaxed. I mean, when you lie on your bed, how do you feel? God is going to cause you to relax this year. But in your relaxation, you will see your life progressing. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You will see that you're not, you not stressed out. You're not worried. But just things are just working for you. Sometimes, we can't even sleep. Because of one issue after the other, we are just restless. We are just, you wake up in the morning, you are, you are young, you are tired. Because you are asleep, but your spirit never sleeps. You, you are just tired. But this year, your sleep will be sweet. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, this year, your sleep will be sweet. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you something. God will not tell you to do something without showing you how to do it. God will always show you how to live the Christ-like life. Let me have Jeremiah 29 verse 10. It says that, for that says the Lord... After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. God says, I will cause you. When Bible says, I will cause you, it means I will make you or I will show you or I will teach you how to return to the place I want you to be. Hallelujah. This year, you will not miss God's expecting it for your life. I said this year you will not miss God's expected end for your life. Amen. God himself will show you what to do. He will equip you. He will make you. Because most of us are Christians. We are not enjoying our salvation. We are Christians but our lives are so miserable. But like our father said, this year we will taste the best of God. Hallelujah. Amen somebody. You experience the rest of God this year. Hallelujah. How do I live like Christ? How to live like Christ? How to live like Christ. Before you can start anything, you always must sit down and weigh the pros and cons. You must always weigh. So I want to live like Christ. How do I live like Christ? Who is Christ? How is his life like? What is my life like? Before you can live a Christ-like life, you must identify your own Christ-like life. You must identify, admit, and accept who you are. When Daddy gave us this word for this year, I just went down home and then Started looking at the life of Christ, and I was just picturing him. And I looked at me. I'm saying, hey. When I started writing, I went about 40 character traits of Jesus. And I look at myself, and I saw that I'm nowhere near. So you must be able to identify your own Christ-like life. And admit that this thing needs working on. 
You can never live the Christ-like life without addressing the hindrances to your Christ-like living. The things that prevent you from living a Christ-like life. The things that prevent you or becomes a wall between you and God and does not allow you to live the life that God wants you to live. What are those things? I bet you we all know ourselves. I, mean, I can't tell you mine because they are my secrets. But I, I'm aiming and working on it. Hallelujah. You must first of all look at your own self. Identify behaviors. Let's tell you what. We can never encounter the best of God until we start to work at ourselves. Matthew 9, 16 to 17. Before we want to see that change we want to see in our lives. We want, before we want to walk the Christ-like life. You must be able to identify that this is who I am. And be ready to change. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment and tears it. And, 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 tear is, and the tear is made worse. Listen, we are in a new year. I believe we all want to see new things in our lives. We all want to encounter new breakthroughs. We all want to take, listen, however our life was last year. This year we want to see progress. But listen, progress comes through change. So who are you? What is that Christ-like behaviors in my life? Who am I? What is that Christ-like behaviors? Am I ready and willing to change? Hallelujah. You can only encounter progress when you are ready to make a change. Hallelujah. We all know ourselves. Let me have um, Isaiah 1 verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing, it means that to be willing, you must be able to identify that this is who I am. I easily get angry. I am like this. I'm, I, I steal small, small. I lie small, small. I fornicate small, small. I drink small, small thoughts. I, I, I am like this. I am like that. So I am willing to change because this year I want to encounter the best of God. This year, I want to encounter the rest that God has promised Christ Jubilee. I want to be a partaker. There was one man in the Bible. The Bible says that this man was so eager to see God, to see Jesus. He had heard about Jesus over and over and over again. He was so desperate to see Jesus. So this man ran up into a sycamore tree. It was a short man. He ran with all his might. Zacchaeus. He ran up onto a sycamore tree because he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus on the Zacchaeus tree and said, Zacchaeus, come, make haste and come down. Today, I must dine at your house. He was eager for an experience. And now, Jesus is willing to come and dine in his house. Oof. Let me have Luke 19, verse 7 to 9. When Jesus said he was going to Zacchaeus' house, people started complaining. How can this righteous man, this holy man, this man of God, go and eat at this sinner's house? But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Verse 8. Then Jacob stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my gold to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Listen to this. Zacchaeus was willing to encounter Jesus. So he was, he must admit that, yes, indeed, I'm a thief. I have forced to take things from people. I give it back because I want you. He was willing because he wanted to encounter Jesus. This morning, are you willing? Are you willing? 
God wants to give you is not a fallacy, but it's the truth. God wants to give you a taste of his kingdom here on earth. Ask yourself, am I willing for that experience? Hallelujah. The man admitted who he was. He had to admit that this is how I am. And I'm ready to change. I give it all back. Can we admit who we are? And be willing to work on it? What you don't admit will become very difficult for you to work on. Are you ready to throw in the towel and give it all to Jesus? Lord, have your way in my life. Be the center of my life. I want to live the life that you have called me to live. I'm ready to surrender it all. This is who I am. I admit it. This is the unchristlike behaviors about me. I don't want to stress myself in life again. I'm trying, but it doesn't not working for me. Lord, I give it all up. Have your way. Let me talk to you about hindrances to Christ-like living. Hindrances. Things that prevent us from enjoying the best of God. Our number one hindrance or the wall that separates us between, that separates God and us is the devil. Satan, please, I want you to listen to me carefully. Because this word really ministered to me. Seriously, I'm telling you. Satan is the number one resistor to every good thing that he's the number one enemy between us and God. He, he's a resistor of good things coming to us. First Thessalonians 2 verse 17 to 18. But we brethren having been taken away from you for a short time in presence not in heart endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you even I Paul time and again but who? Satan, Satan hindered us. Satan is a, he's a hinderer of every good thing that God wants to do in our lives. He's someone who is constantly fighting and resisting good things from coming to you. It is not anybody. It is not because God does not want to give it to you. It is Satan. He will never allow you to be able to get that which God wants to freely give to you. God's arms are not too short. He wants to give, but there's somebody in the middle, not resisting God, or resisting you. God took the Israelites from Egypt. He was leading them into their promised land. But Satan, the hinderer, he devised ways and means to stop them from getting to that place. Listen, God has good thoughts for you. God, God wants you, no matter how your life is right now, it is not anybody, it's a Satan who is preventing God from doing the great things he wants to do in your life. It is Satan. John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is what Satan is all about. He wants to steal from you your joy, your marriage, your peace of mind, your health. He wants to steal every good thing that God wants to give, freely give to you. Bible says the promise of God are yea and amen. Whenever God says he was, he was going to do something, listen, he does it no matter what. Last year, when God said it was a year of new beginning, listen, to me, it was my year of new beginnings. I saw new things happening to me. Bible says he watches over his words to perform it. But there's a hinderer who will fight you, not God. Oh. He will fight you from being able to assess the promises that God wants to give you. He constantly wants to steal our joy. When you are happy, he's mourning. He takes good things out of your life. He wants you to be always be in the darkness, always crying. When you are crying, he's joyful. It is Satan, the enemy, the hinderer. I was talking to somebody, and the person was telling me that 
Pastor, last year, I fasted 21 days. I didn't see anything in my life. So this year, he was not willing to fast. And this year, I don't see reason why I have to fast because that thing happened in my life. I'm sure. It's not because God didn't want to give you. It's the devil who resisted you. The devil doesn't want you to taste the benefits of your salvation. He will hinder you from getting the hope and expectations that you desire. His ultimate aim is not to allow you to live the Christ-like life that God wants you to live. That is ultimate aim. Because you know what? When you are not able to get your heart desires, even your salvation sometimes becomes some way. You, you wonder, God, now, does he, does he really exist? I'm praying now, but still nothing. So he does not want you to live the life that God wants you to live because he knows the power that you have. You put, he comes under your foot. He knows the power and authority that you have over him. But this year, I see God releasing grace upon you. In the name of Jesus. I said, I see God releasing grace upon you. In the name of Jesus. This year, you'll be blessed in every way. You'll be blessed in every way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The enemy uses all kinds of devices and tactics. Bible describes him as very cunning. Very, very swift. Very cunning. He's, that is why he's likened to a snake. I read a, a book, The Spirit of a Python. And it describes that a python can stay in your house for over a year. You never know the python is in your house. By a day it strikes. It will never miss. He will just be there quietly. You will never have a hint. That's how the devil is. He's so slimy, so cunning. He has tactics. He's, he's very swift. Before you know, you are out of grace. Hallelujah. He's a liar and he's a deceitful person. He manipulates and plays with your mind and causes you to sense your own destruction. Listen, Bible says in Proverbs 5 verse 22, let me quickly have that verse. He says that his own iniquities entrap the wicked man and he's caught in the courts of his own sin. So sin is like, it's, it's sweet, but it's like a cord, it's like a rope. It entangles you. So you are enjoying it, but you don't know. You know how Python kills people. I read the book. It calls around you, and when it's calling you, it's so soothing. It calls, because it's, it's warm. So it calls you, and you feel like, before you know, he just pulls the life out of you. So you don't know that he's, he's killing, he's going to kill you. He wraps himself quietly around you. You feel warm. Warm. You're enjoying the feeling. But before you know, he just pulls. And when he pulls, he breaks the bones and everything out of you. That's how the devil works. He enticed you with sin. It is his tactic. It is, that is why we must know how the devil plays, how he works. It is his tactic, his, his ways, his schemes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's give a shout unto Jesus. I, I see that God is teaching us this morning. When I was praying, when I sat down, like, oh God, have mercy on me. Hey, Hezba. Where am I? God have mercy. And that the enemy will trick you. You don't even know that the enemy is use, tricking and using you. Satan will not use any other person. But you use your own self to destroy you. He plays with your mind. I'm going to be sharing with you how the outwitting ways of the devil. But let me have uh, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 11. You must not forget this word. I'm telling you. Sometimes we think that God wants to delay certain things from us. No, 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 no. When you position yourself well, you encounter the blessings of God. It will not delay. It says, now whom you forgive, anything I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes. 
in the presence of Christ. Verse 11. Lest Satan take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of the way he works. We know, Paul was saying, we know how he operates. He will take every little advantage to bring distraction. We must know how he operates. You must not become ignorant. It says, for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6, my people perish. Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Let me quickly share with you some of the outwitting ways of the devil. Number one, he will entice you with your own weakness. <laughs> the devil will entice you with your own weakness. That is why you must identify your weakness and start working on it. Because he knows where he can punch you and you feel weak. He knows. Let me have 2 Samuel 11 verse 2 to 5. Don't allow the devil to use your weakness to get to you. Work on your weakness. Work on it. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is she not Bathsheba? the daughter of Eliab, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity. That was, she has finished her, her period. From her impurity, and she returned to her house. Verse 5. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. The devil wanted to destroy David. But he knew David had a likeness for women. That is why he would take Nabal's wife, Abigail, as his wife. He had lots of wives. The devil used his weakness to get to him. If you are walking on top of your roof on a hot afternoon and you see a nice woman bathing outside, do you have to look and look? No. Nah. You, 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 just by chance, you saw a, somebody bathing. Quickly, you turn away. But, oh, you're fine, oh, you're fine. Let me, you're fine, oh, you're fine. Charlie, you're fine. You're fine. We are bathing. The devil was enticing him. The devil will entice you with your weakness. Listen to this. Elisha the prophet told Naaman to go and dig himself in Jordan seven times, and he got healed. And Naaman offered to give Elisha a gift out of gratitude. But Elisha refused. But look at what happened. 2 Kings 5 verse 20 to 27. Gehazi fell victim to the devil's enticement. Elisha did not take it, but look at what happened. 2 Kings 5 verse 22 to 27. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God said, Look, my master has spared Naaman. He, he was thinking. He was, he was, hey. Wanji, look, my master has paid name on the Syrian. Why not receiving from his hands what he brought? But I'm sure that the things that the man brought was chow. Plenty of things. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, It's all well. And he said, All is well, my master. All is well. My master has sent me saying, Deep, just now, just now, two young men for the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Hey, look at the lies. 
Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. So Naaman said, please take two talents. And he asked him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothes and handed them to two of his servants and they carried them on ahead of him. And when he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. Then he let the men go and they departed. Verse 25. Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Verse 26. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Look at this. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and take your descendants forever. Mercy. Can you imagine? I serve my father. What a privilege of serving under this great man. Because through him, I can be somebody great. So I serve under this man, this great prophet. I serve under him. It was through service that Samuel became who he was. You are serving under a great prophet. And you, you allow the devil to, to have its way and ties you. And the devil was targeting Gehazi. You, to become the next Elisha, Nalai. So he calls him to be cursed. The devil wanted to destroy his life. This year, the devil will not have access to you. In the name of Jesus! Know how he operates. Don't allow him to entice you. Hallelujah. Look at the life of Judas. John. 12 verse 3 to 6. Look at the life of Judas. I'm showing you some of the outweighting ways of the devil. You must know how he operates. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spignard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the Charlie, was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant? It was all happening in his mind. Though. He was sitting there looking at them. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Ha! Huh. Verse 6. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a, what? a thief. And he had the money box and he used to take what was put in. The devil knew that was stealing small, small. He knew his weakness. Even though he was following Jesus, he was stealing small, small. When they put the money in the offering, the offering bowl, he would take small, small. So the devil used his own weakness to destroy him. At the end of the day, he regretted, but it was the end. Listen, you must know how the devil operates. When the enemy wants to destroy you, he will always lay eggs in your mind. And when he lay the eggs in your mind, in your thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind, they are eggs. When you dwell on the eggs, it hatches to your own destruction. Am I talking to somebody? The devil, that's why we must guard our minds, the things we think about. Number two, the devil will trick you. <laughs> he will trick you. Look at Genesis 3 verse 1 to 7. The devil will trick you. Now the serpent was more cunning than any... <laughs> when I say cunning, it was more swift than any beast of the field which the Lord had what the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
Look at how he's, he put it up. Look at, look at the trick. He said that, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He knows what you're talking about. But you're stricken if. You know, listen, the devil spoke the woman's language. That's how women we talk. Women are saying something. So she used language. And the woman said, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil is a number one trickster. He will tell you, drink, but don't get drunk. No, no, no. Where is it written in the Bible? Oh, drink small. It's good, it's good, for, it's good for the body. Drink small, small, small. He will tell you that, oh, have sex small. Your boyfriend has come away. He said, just for just once. It will not happen again. Just do it for just one time. Nothing will happen. Go ahead and do it. You get pregnant. Hallelujah. How is it that Meshiba had just finished her period? And then David went in on her and she conceived. When you finish your period, for a while you are safe. So she was in a safe period. The devil is a number one trickster. Let your boyfriend come and dada you and sleep with you. Before you know it, you are pregnant. The devil is a number one trickster. He wants to drink small, small, small. No, no, man, boy, she. I said, no, no. Before you know it, I drink a lot more. You change from level to level. You drink so you're able to eat. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three. He will deceive you. The devil will deceive you. He will deceive you. He said, he's, he's so cunning. Please be aware of this. The devil will deceive you. Proverbs 7 verse 10 to 23. Then quickly read that verse to you. And also have ready Judges 16, 15 to 21. And there a woman met him with a attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside at times in the open square, lurking at every corner on Tenefie. So she caught him and kissed him. And with an impudent face, she said to him, I have my peace offerings with me today. I have paid my vows. And then just rolling her eyes. So I came out to meet you. Oh, darling. Oh, sweetie. Diligently to seek your face. I miss you. He said, I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with ma, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone to a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. He's not coming now. And will come home on the appointed time. He'll come at the end of the month. Verse 21. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. And with her flattering lips, she seduced him. That's how the devil works. So, look at this. Let's roll. Verse 22. Immediately, he went after him as an ox to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Verse 23. Till an arrow struck his liver, and a bird's heart hastens the snare. He did not know 
it will cost him his life. That's how the devil operates. He's so slimy. He's so cunning. He will deceive you and you follow him like a fool. Not knowing that he just there's an arrow in there to strike your liver and kill you, destroy you. Look at Samson, the great man, the Samson. Samson of all Samson. Even the Americans could not capture him. Osama. <laughs> he was a strong man. Very strong. But a woman, a woman caused him to give out his secrets. It's in Judges 16, verse 15, 20. I can't read it most of time. He caused Samson to sleep on her, her lap. And he was like a fool. He did not know. Samson did not know. But in the next one hour, your eyes are coming out. Listen to this. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. Don't allow the devil to trick you. Don't allow the devil to entice you. This year, aim at having your rest. I want to encounter God's rest. Ah, my prayer. Let me share with you four things to keep in mind. Four things to keep in mind this year. Don't forget this. Number one, be careful about the things you love that are not in the line with the word of God. Be careful of the things that you love, the things you like, that you know is not according to God's will. It's not a life, Christ-like life. Be careful about those things. Number two, always have it at the back of your mind that there is an outwaiting enemy out there who wants you to fail and does not want you to live like Christ. Hallelujah. Listen to this. When the devil causes you to fail or doesn't allow you to be successful in living like Christ, he will cause you to fail at every other thing. If he does not allow you to succeed, if you don't, if you allow him to cause you to fail, so you don't live that Christ-like life. Listen to this. You will not be successful at any other thing. Because he will take every good thing out of your life. You give the devil one chance. He has a room. Hallelujah. This is a purpose in your mind that you want to live like Christ. Be determined. Amen. The third point I want to share with you as I come to a close. Don't give the devil any room in your life. Let me have Ephesians 4 verse 27. Please, all that I'm sharing with you, they are the promises of God. God wants to do great things in your life, but these things, we must know them. They are the secrets to a glorious life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't give the devil any room. The Ephesians 4 said, not give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give many room. Don't allow yourself to be enticed, to be tricked, to be deceived. Don't. James 4 verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and you flee from you. Submit to God. Resist him. Withstand him. Put a friend between you, you and the devil. Don't allow him. And lastly, guard your mind. Guard your mind and be careful of the things that you think about. Whatever that you think about has the, a great influence on your life. If you allow the devil to lay eggs in your head and you dwell on them, you think on them. Somebody will say that. I was telling somebody to abstain from fornication. The person was in all kinds of, um, indulging all kinds of things. And I told the person that you need to live for Christ. Abstain from sex. If you want, the person was sick, like in sick and sickness was going on and on and on. Today, this, tomorrow, this, tomorrow, this, tomorrow, this. And I told the person that you need to live for Christ. At a point in time, the person had to get her womb removed. And still, sickness upon sickness, I told him that, you know what? Stop all those sex, that thing that you're doing, stop it. Live for Christ, give your life to Christ. One midnight, around 1.10, this person called, my phone rang seven times. And I called, I picked the phone, the person has called me, Pastor, I'm not firewood. Or didn't know be firewood. 
Because I have a strong feeling. The thing is just coming. I have a strong feeling for sex. And I said that it's your mind that is want, telling you that you want sex. Your body that you don't want sex. It's your mind. Please, if you want to live a Christ-like life, guard your mind. The devil, wants, the, the devil will lay the eggs there. Get it off. Don't dwell on them. Don't think about it. Determine the things that you want to think about. If you will not help, you don't think about it. He will entice you and destroy you. Don't think about it. I was on the phone for almost 45 minutes with this person. Tell the person that, please, don't do this. The devil wants to kill you. The sickness that is, is not unto death, but for the glory of God to be seen in your life. But live your life for Christ. If you don't stop this thing, it will kill you. Guard your mind. Let's be on our feet. It is not every thought that you have to think about. When it comes, shove it off. Tell them, flee from me. Go away. Hey, clear off. Leave me alone. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Give me the grace to live the life that you have called me to live. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice begin to pray. Give me grace. Give me grace. Give me grace, Lord. Give me grace. Grace to live the life that you have called me to live. The Christ-like life. Father, give me the grace. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Give me grace. I want to live the Christ Jesus. I want to be like my master. I want to live the life that he lived. Give me the grace, oh Lord. Give me the grace. Help me, oh Lord, to overcome my own weaknesses. Help me, Lord. Help me. Say, Father, help me. Help me. As I go through this fast, please help me. Overcome my weaknesses, oh God. Help me to identify them. This year, I want my life to become better. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Father, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. In Jesus' name, lift up your voice in one minute. Pray this prayer. Grace not to be, not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. These outwitting ways. Give me the grace. Let up your voice. Father, forgive me. Every sin I have sinned. If I have given way to the devil's outwitting ways, forgive me and give me the grace to resist him in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray in one minute. Jesus said, come to me, O who labor in a heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You can never encounter the rest that God promises if you haven't given your life to Jesus. If you are here, you have heard the word, you want to give your life to Jesus. With all eyes closed, with all respect, please, all eyes closed. Please lift up your hands, your right hand. I want to pray with you. If you are here, you want to know by a new life. You've given your life to Jesus, but your life is some way. Now you want to give it all up. I want you to lift up your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I admit who I am. I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me all my sins. And write my name in the book of life. 
Give me the grace, Lord, to live the Christ-like life. Let my life reflect Christ Jesus, my Lord, and my personal Savior. Help me, Lord, to walk the new life that you have given me. Help me, O Lord, to forget about my past and live the life that you have called me to live. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer, salvation is just simple. God has forgiven you all your sins. In your name at this minute, it's written in the book of life. I want you to lift up your right hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let me not miss your rest this year. In Jesus' name. Pray, one, pray in just one minute. Just pray. Let me not miss your rest. Talk to God for one minute. Let me not miss your rest this year. It's my year of rest through Christ-like living. Help me to live like you and help me to encounter rest. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name for your word. For the entrance of your word, give us light. Every grace that we need to live like our master, let that grace be released upon us from today. We pray the Lord cause us to identify the schemes, the traps, the deceptions of the enemy. He's the opposer of every good thing in our lives. He doesn't want us to live like him, like our master. Because he knows as we does that we have authority over him. We pray that from today our eyes are open. We are going to live like our master. And the enemy will never have his way in our lives again. In the name of Jesus, cause us to triumph in this life. We decree indeed that this is our year of rest. And the grace to live like our master has been released upon us from today. Blessed be your name forever. We honor you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name. Amen.